Jamie broke up with me on Instagram. So I said, Excuse me! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean. But behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences. From no-holds-barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A-list superstars, the real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! everybody doing i am so happy to have all of you here this week i am so fucking stoked to have this beautiful woman on my show we go way back i mean way back where uh we were thrown into this show with wwe that um i was used to the whole routine and i took her under my wing and we won the freaking contest which was amazing um everyone please welcome this beautiful, badass, empowering, important woman in my life, Miss Celeste Bonin. How are you? <laughs> You're literally going to make me cry, and it's like the first 30 seconds of the show. I, I got to tell you, when you did, when you just like, uh, when you did the intro and you did your excuse me, like, I, it does something to me, like, spirit, spiritually when I hear that, because like, it, um, it's so meaningful in so many ways, like just when you say that and it's and like, you know, I feel like we'll get into that like during the podcast, but, um, yeah. it's like so emotionally charged when I just hear that and I see <laughs> you doing it and it's like so special to me. So I'm like, just so grateful to even be talking to you and, and being able to catch up and especially like, on a podcast and talk about all the cool, important stuff. And, um, so yeah, yeah. I'm just super honored. You know, this has just been a, like we were talking before, it's such a weird time that we're going through in the world these days about, you know, this, this COVID-19 and how everything has just stopped, especially in our industry, you know, with the wrestling and, um, you know, you have a business and um, there's just so many things that the calendar just cleared off. I mean, I had like 52 shows cleared like in two weeks and I was wow. like, wow, like this is serious. You know, you don't realize until it affects you personally that you think, okay, there's something going on. But um, I, I started looking through your stuff maybe like two weeks ago and I was just, I was, I was crying because <laughs> Celeste, when you started with WWE, okay, so man, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> so much. So you, you're brought into NXT for my followers who don't know who you might not be. Uh, you were brought into NXT and within like two or three days, you were brought up on the road to be in the, um, how, what was it called? The NXT. NXT. It was the original NXT. Yeah. yeah. Season three. NXT, <laughs> season three, the rookie and the pros. And I was your pro and you're my rookie. And I just took you in like under my wing because they would always put y'all in these closets. Do you remember that? <laughs> like, so. they, didn't, they didn't even have a sign for your door. And I'd be like, hey, has anyone seen my rookie? Where are they? <laughs> and you'd, you'd have like these eight girls like in a closet and, you know, and I just, I felt so bad because you had no experience. I yeah. mean, you would look at me and we'd be, we talk about what's going to happen for the night. You were like this. <laughs> I feel like I'd still be like that. I feel I'm like that with life in general. Uh, but no, what's, what's so crazy is like, I, and so many things that I've done in my life since WWE and since those like initial moments, I've always gone back to like the principal things that I learned and like that molded me and shaped me, shaped, shaped me uh, in that time because 
it was just insane. Like it was, I kind of just had to like relinquish any control I felt over anything and just kind of go with the flow. And so, yeah, like I had just, I literally just tried out and got hired and I was at the FCW at the time, like FCW was, you know, was a developmental program. And they just told me last minute that the girls, it was like the first all women season of NXT and that um, the original uh, woman that I was supposed to replace, like she ended up just getting fired like last minute. And you know why? You know why she got fired, right? She was so, like, this, she was like this eight foot woman that I guess they caught her in some videos that had her heels like. And yeah. Bad. So she, so her name was on the show, supposed to be Aloisa. And she was literally like seven feet tall. And I remember she yeah. had these like huge boobs and she would like rest them on our heads. Like when she would hug us, like, and she was like a nice girl, but I guess, you know, her past kind of caught up with her and didn't yeah. really fit with the brand. And so I had, she ended up living in my apartment complex. It's a really funny story, but, um, she, oh so God. when she got let go or they were like, they initially fired her three days before the show was supposed to go live. I got a call from, um, Johnny Laurinaitis telling me like, this is it kid. And <laughs> I literally had no idea about anything. And I literally, first of all, I cried like tears of joy and like fear and, and he, I didn't have any money, Vicky. Like I just moved there. I was like bartending. I was what 23. And when I got signed, like I just, I didn't have any money. And so they gave me a thousand dollars like cash and they were like, go buy diva clothes, whatever that means to you. And like, I went, I had no, <laughs> I was really crying, like shopping and the stuff that I bought, they didn't let me, I don't know if you remember this. They didn't let me wear it on the, on the, yeah. the first show. Like I ended up having to wear a uh, Naomi's dress. Um, on the first show. And, and I remember, like, I remember the layers of news that I got, like that. Oh, they're like, okay, your name's going to be Caitlin. Um, Vicky's your pro. And I remember like the one comforting thing to me was knowing that like, I was going to be with you. So there was, I felt like there was this like umbrella over me or like, it was literally like, you're like a mama bird over me. Yeah. And I was, I literally didn't know anything else other than that. Like that was kind of like a safe spot for me. It was like so contradictory because like on screen you were, we were like enemies, you know, we had this like really tumultuous relationship, but realistically, like you were so much of the reason that I was able to do anything because you created like this space for me to like feel safe. And I'm like always like so grateful for those moments. Like they really shaped so much of like anything that I did beyond that. Like, you know, but you know, Celeste, you had such a great attitude and you were so funny. I mean, the jokes you would crack, I mean, you made me feel comfortable <laughs> because we didn't know what this whole show was going to be about. You know, I mean, here was, you know, eight girls, I think, you know, and eight pros and we had to sit on the stage and like do these trivia games. And I was guessing at half the stuff and then they had to do, a, they had to do like a, I think it was a Halloween contest. And did you dress up like me? Was that for Halloween? Yeah, and it was. Yeah, it was <laughs> Halloween. And oh you, I gave you my cougar necklace and you, <laughs> you, you patted your ass and you had like a, like the short haircut and we just had fun. And that's what it was about. And I always told you, let's just be you and go have fun. And we had nothing to lose. I mean, they threw us Literally. into the show that we were just like, okay, so we lose, then we're off and we don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> but, we, <laughs> but the obstacle courses and all the stuff that we had to do was just, I I'm so happy I was with you because anything they gave you and any promo or anything that you had to do, man, you hit it every night. And it was just, and you smiled and you just looked comfortable out there. And that's when you know that you're just a natural to be in the ring because 
um, even though I was the heel and we hated each other on screen, but man, after every show, I would just go and hug you because I was so proud of how you held yourself out there. <laughs> I was so, I honestly, like every single thing that you ever said to me then was, it resonated so deeply because I just had this like, tr like just a trust in you. And I looked up to you, of course. And then the times <laughs> that you would say when I was so nervous, like, earlier when you were saying like, you said like a blank look on my face all the time. I literally did because that's how I felt all the time. But you would, you, I remember so specifically you saying like, just have fun, just have fun, just have fun. And you said it so many times. And then it immediately, like it, it eventually started to set in like, yeah. yes, like we have nothing to lose, just have fun. And that's when it kind of like allows you to be super present in exactly what's happening and to like truly be yourself and shine and enjoy it. And like, so literally just the, those things that you would say to me like before and after every show were they really like, they meant so much because I held on to them and they were, they, they created this safe space for me to feel like I could just, you know, be myself or thrive or whatever. So, but sorry, what you were talking about in the beginning with the closets. So they're so, horrible. So, so, every, so like if there was always the, the divas, locker room and they like it bathroom. was very very distinct there was bathrooms lockers <laughs> water all gatorade all this stuff in there and then like for the nxt girls the group of us it was just it was essentially like a rite of passage like it's like go up prove yourself like so nothing was like handed to us and so i remember we would we would literally have closets to get dressed in like we shared like there would be so many of us in like a little closet no mirror and i remember like as part of the rite of passage experience like they uh the makeup artists at the time because we were rookies like wouldn't always do our makeup or they would say do your whole makeup and then we'll just fix it right before you go on and it was just this like but it it sucked but it was also like it just taught you so much about like yourself like when I say that I mean like it taught me about resilience and just making do with what you had and like like I would never trade any of those experiences even though like some of them were like really weird um just because it was like so it was so there's like nothing else that compared to it, you know? But you know, when they told me that who I was going to have as a rookie, you were the only one without training. You were the only one that didn't get the time to do promos and be in the ring. And so I took a liking to you because it was almost like my same experience when I came on the road as a superstar. I'd never done this before. I was a housewife, you know, married to Eddie, raising the girls. I did a little bit with Eddie, but then to go into the locker room and be expected to do all this stuff, I mean it's it's scary i mean because everyone's yeah. just watching you and so i felt that compassion for you and um but i, I gained a friend at the same time because yeah. from from that moment on and for you to keep i mean you got divas champion and you were having all these matches and you know having your name literally on the tron that's when you know you made it i was just i just you know sit there going you know yeah that's her you know <laughs> i would be like good for her you know because it was a long fast road for you. Yeah, it definitely was. And I, like, I wish I could have understood. Um, I wish I could have understood so many more things or if I could have like a different perspective then. Cause you know, as you get older, like you realize so many things and yeah. you know, in hindsight and you're like, Oh, duh. You know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it, and it happens every day that you're a day older. Like you, you're able to look back at stuff and realize and, and, and appreciate it for what it was and like, you know, cherish it. And, um, and I, and, and, and it's not a, it's not some kind of like 
hidden truth, but like I had no idea about the business. I, I, you know, I didn't have any idea of how anything ran. And then to know that like you had such a similar experience was, it was literally like the universe, the stars aligning to say, to, to, you know, to form this like relationship that I had with you is like, I, it would have been an entirely different story. I would have had a different career if, if we had started differently, if we had, if you weren't my pro. So like, I always like attribute so many things to that, those very first moments. Yeah. It's some, I'm really proud of you. And I just, uh, to see you grow and, and in what you're growing today, you know, it's just, uh, it's so empowering because that's what life is about is each day we get the fresh start to start over again. And I think that's so important because being a mom and, you know, getting remarried and being back in the wrestling business and doing a podcast, you, you think, Oh shit, I should have done this this way, you know? And okay, but I can do it today, you know, so yeah. that's like the important thing. So it's yeah. just, a lot of life lessons, you know, being 52, I think, oh my God, like I'm halfway down in my life. But then I'm like, oh no. my God, I'm like, I'm just starting. Yeah. Like, like Celeste, like my life is just like, it's like now it's clicking. Like you say, like, you know, I, I kind of know what I need to do for myself now instead of like pleasing others. And that's something that's right. so important for a lot of women. They, they're just, they're clueless in how they find their happiness. And it's just about loving yourself first. And right. Through all your stuff that I see on, on interviews and on the internet and how you talk about yourself and how you love yourself. I mean, that's, that's such a big statement that more women need to hear so they can use it for their own lives. Dude. I'm gonna I, cry. No, you're going to make me cry. I, before we start <laughs> recording, I was like, we're definitely going to cry. Um, it's like, it's, it's really insane. And, and you know, this firsthand is like going through, um, First of all, I mean, thank you for saying all that stuff. It's like, it's like super meaningful. And I, and I appreciate you saying that stuff. Like it, it, it does make me want to cry. Um, I, I, and so, you know, out of anybody, like how hard, um, show business is and the pressure of, uh, what you're supposed to look like and how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to carry yourself. And it's like this, and especially for women, it's like this double standard and it's, it's really tough. And I, I remember when I went into WWE and I feel like this happened probably with everybody or all the like divas when they first started out, it was always like lose weight first. You know, that was first and foremost, you got to look a certain way. And I never felt like I quite fit in. Uh, and I, I eventually like when I got enough confidence, like I started like finding my voice where that was, where it fit, where do I fit? And, but I was still struggling with trying to fit myself into something instead of just being the first this the first person to do this and then like all a lot of stuff started uh like you know i eventually i was in this like flow state i guess when i uh, eventually uh, so what led to like any a lot of like the um success in the later part of my career when i got the title and stuff was due to uh a i won a battle royal on accident on raw so what it was like this really funny story. So like after NXT, like I, you know, like it was the finale we won. It was like this beautiful moment. And then, so the winning, winning that meant that you got to go on the main roster. Right. right. And so, so that was incredible. So I'm like, okay, whoa, like we did this, like here we are now. And then, so instead of it being like, wow, I proved it to everybody, proved to myself, like I deserve to be there. It was almost like starting over. Like I had to prove that I deserve to be on the main roster. By so yourself. I, by yeah. And it, 
it was yeah. really scary. But like, you know, there were some people that really, really like supported me too. But then for the most part, it was just, it was lonely and hard and, and you question everything you do and you second guess yourself. And, um, I remember like struggling really bad. I, uh, I would work every live event, you know, I wasn't on TV, but I was just like getting better on live events and stuff. And it was in that period of time where fit family, he left, like he, you know, he left, he left WWE for a little bit. And I remember the night that he came back, I had been working really hard, like pitching a storyline with Eve and I, and we, and like they were, the writers were listening and they were kind of putting on TV every week. And it was this whole storyline. And, um, it ended up the storyline that I wrote and you know how this goes, uh, Vince or whoever it was ended up giving the storyline that I wrote to somebody else. And, but because I had been, yeah, yeah, but because I had been involved with Eve in the storyline that I was pitching thus far, like I had some history with her. So the night that Fit Finley came back and if, you know, he was like the diva whisperer, like he was the best with yeah. us before, before a lot of things changed for the women. But, um, so we had a battle Royal and the winner was supposed to face Layla for the title because Layla had the title at the time. And I was going to be, of course, out like the first or second person, like usual, because I was just super low on the totem pole still. And I hadn't had that opportunity to prove myself. And Fit came back and he was like, you're still not doing anything? Like, what? And so, and because, you know, he, he knew that I worked hard and he knew that like I was really passionate about it. And he's like, I can't believe you're still not on TV. I, I, you know, and so he put me in there with Eve as this, as the sec, the second to the last person to be eliminated, like, or, or Eve won and or Eve was supposed to win. And so we go in there and there was this whole spot where she was supposed to win and she was going to be the number one contender for the title. And it's like so vivid in my mind. So I was supposed to clothesline her over and she was going to hang on and then pull me out. And that was it. And I clotheslined her and she didn't go over. And so she was like, hit me again, hit me again. So I hit her, I clotheslined her as hard as I possibly could and she flipped out so hard she couldn't hold on and she eliminated herself so I ended up winning it on raw live tv and it was the, also brad maddox's first time to ever ref on live tv as well so him and i are just looking at each other and you know it's like it's like what do you do it's what do you do you're on live tv and it's like there's nothing more real than those moments it's like oh. you so like you know Brad's like mic'd up as a ref and everybody in Gorilla is like, celebrate, Let's fucking celebrate. What are you doing? And so he grabs my hand and like, and so I from that moment, it was like literally changed the trajectory of my career. Because when I went back, I thought I was going to get fired. I for sure was like, that's it. Like I knew I, I was like, Vince doesn't like me, blah, blah, blah. And all this self-doubt. And I walked back there and Vince is laughing hysterically. Eve's crying. Everyone's like, what? And so then it was this weird, weird time where a lot of the girls were like uh, trying to get me written out of the storyline. And then eventually like it just happened for me. And so even I, I, I got into this flow with Eve and she was another person that really, really helped me yeah. with, she was such, so selfless and like she cared so much about the business and like just the legacy of the women and stuff. And she really taught me so much too. Like she was another one of those people like you and her and, and Beth too. And, um, so we had this amazing run and then I got the title and it was like, I had this like really great flow of things for like a year. And I was like, this is like everything that I worked for, you know, it was all worth it. Um, and then just like any good thing comes to an end, there's peaks and valleys. Like I, you know, I ended up losing the title to AJ, which was my favorite match ever. Like it was yeah. just, it was, it was so emotional for so many reasons. And, but after that, I kind of got on this, um, 
downward spiral where, you know, like I gained a lot of weight and I didn't have confidence and I like wasn't on TV anymore. And I was at this super vulnerable place in my life. And I ended up meeting my, he's my ex-husband now, but I ended up meeting him. And I think like, and I, I try so hard and I don't even have to try hard. Like I just purposely don't ever like talk about his character or like his actions because they're my perception first of all. And secondly, like whatever, like I can only speak about myself and my experiences and stuff. So it was just the way the relationship, the relationship happened. Like I went into it, not, not the best version of myself. And I was depressed and my confidence was low and I was just really impressionable. And so I ended up leaving WWE shortly after that. I had like a bad experience. It was actually the, I ended up asking for my release in Baltimore, which is where we debuted. And it was like this crazy full circle moment. And I remember being in the locker room and I was like, I was, I guess like emotionally so done. And I, I was like, this isn't happiness. Like this isn't, there's gotta be more for me. And, um, I remember asking for my release and it was in the same building we debuted. And I was like, this is such a moment of like realization. And, you know, it's like, it's time for me to move on. And so when I left, like, you know, I had plans to start my business, but no, I remember you, I remember you doing your business. You were had sketches and you were, you know, designing your logo and you're talking about it. And I thought that was really cool. I remember that because you spent, well, we, we, we don't have a storyline. You're in the locker room a lot. So we yeah. stayed in the locker room for like, during the show, we'd be in the locker room and you'd be working on stuff. And I'd be like, yeah. wow, man, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, it was because I'm seeing one of the women, you know, venture out to another business venture. I thought that was pretty cool. To see and that's, ha- that. that's hard because a lot of like your identity does get wrapped up in, in a career like that. Like, yeah. you, you know, it just happens. And it's just, I think the level of like, um, commitment it takes as a person to be in that kind of lifestyle. And it really kind of consumes you. So I would say like, I really did have this vision. I wanted to start this business and I, and I felt like WWE wasn't right for me anymore. And I think my biggest mistake leaving, like I don't regret leaving. I felt like it was right for me at that time. I was just like in a super self-destructive like spiral of, you know, emotions and stuff. And I was in such a vulnerable place and I like really had trusted my soon to be husband at that time to kind of like help support me emotionally, financially, like in all these ways. And I had never, ever depended on anyone in my entire life. Like I would always had to look out for myself and my family and stuff. So it was just like a super vulnerable position. And, um, I think like I, we, we had like a terrible marriage, like from day one. And, and I attributed so much of our problems to, me to like, I, I always felt like, um, because I hadn't taken the time to understand the very big life change that it took from like being in the spotlight all the time and traveling the world to just like starting a business in your bedroom. Like it was a vast difference. And I felt like this. it's hard. It's, it's a huge shift and it's like a really big reality check and it like questions your existence and like who you are and like, who are you without this other thing? And so I like could never grasp that. And so I, I, I absorbed all of the blame for everything. I always attributed everything that was wrong in our marriage to me. And, but I could never really acknowledge like the things that truly needed attention or change or whatever. And 
So like I, I, I was really, I, I dove into starting my business cause like I made it my new identity. And to me, like looking back, that was a mistake. Cause it's nothing is, nothing defines us. Like nothing makes us who we are, but like I got so wrapped up in it. I'm like, I'm not a WWE wrestler anymore. I have to be something else. Like, let me make this my identity. And that was a mistake, but I mean, and I don't regret any of it, but it's like, I learned a lot from that. And, and so I got super tied up in that. And it was so much, when I left WWE, I had this like super empowering vibe. Like I was like, I, I have the ability and the opportunity to use a platform to uh, empower young girls and just women and whatever. And that was like the premise of wanting to do clothing. And then eventually, because like my ex-husband, he had like a supplement brand and it was really like hyper-sexualized and, you know, it was just really, really risque. And I eventually, we were a partnership essentially in life and business. And he, like a lot of the principles that he applied in his business ended up like kind of like secreting over bleeding into my business and then it, my business became, my, my brand became so much more about like, uh, this high, uh, um, superficial vibe of like having to look perfect and be perfect all the time. And all, everything kind of came to like a head after like two and a half years of marriage. Like I was so miserable. Like we were we just had problems from day one, obviously. And then like, I started to feel like I was not fulfilling like who I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be doing. And it just didn't feel right. And, um, I had lost so much confidence along the way. Like I, I felt like, and I, 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 again, like I don't put blame on him for anything, but like a lot of like our relationship was emotionally damaging to me, making me feel like I was less than less than or that I wasn't capable and I kind of hit my peak and like I would never do anything greater than WWE and all that stuff so I, I started to believe it and I went you know I went to a lot of therapists and my ex-husband at the time his mindset or perception was that like you're not changing things aren't getting better so like it must be the therapist or you or you're not whatever. And so like, I eventually just found one and he changed my life. And he, he, I was going through so much pain at the time and, uh, just like loss of identity and just struggling in so many ways and just so miserable, even though on paper or like on social media, fucking Instagram, like it looked like all my shit was perfect, you know? And, yeah. and I made it that way. Cause it was like a, a safety net for me to like portray this version of myself that, you know, I thought that everybody thought I should be. And then finally, like after maybe like six months of seeing this different therapist, like he really opened my eyes and made me feel like, Hey, like I did all this stuff before I got married. Like I did all this stuff on my own. Like I, I'm, you know, like I'm so capable. And so that was like kind of all I needed to realize. And then I started all this stuff with my divorce. And from then on, it was, it's just been this rebuilding of like my original vision of my company and myself and this, this huge growth phase for the past like three, four years. It's been awesome. You know, it, it's very important. Uh, when we come uh, as we are television stars, people only see us as that one person. They see that our makeup's done, that our, our clothes are nice, that, you know, we do our, we're in the ring. We have this glamorous life and they don't see that we are real people that have yeah. battles. You know, when Eddie and I were together, um, it was really funny. I had an epiphany whenever he passed away because people were calling me Eddie's wife or here's Mrs. Guerrero. And I started noticing 
and really looking at how people were addressing me, they never really knew my name. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, well, who the hell am I? Because after Eddie died, it was me and these two girls. And I was like, I had to identify myself all over again because I used to be the one that took care of everything at home. I had the girls always at school. Everything was on a schedule. I had everything perfect. I would get Eddie ready and he was going through all his stuff. I mean, you know, he went through his addictions and alcoholism, but we do so good at hiding it that yeah, everyone yeah. thinks that, man, you're so lucky to be married to Eddie Guerrero and you have this beautiful house. But when I closed the door, I was just a wreck and I was depressed and my husband was dying because he was just losing himself in these pills. And, you know, you can't just say, hey, can you just come in and see my life for one minute? Because I'm really hurting over here. You ha it's yeah, a facade. Yeah. You have to, you know, you go, you go backstage and, you know, you're your face is done and you smile and you get back in the car at the end of the night and you're just like, fuck. Like, yeah. You got to do it all over again the next day. I'm exhausted because I'm tired yeah. of being nice. And it wasn't until when I started writing my book that you start researching all these feelings and why did this make me feel this way? And why did I allow certain things to happen? And you start rediscovering yourself. You start thinking, gosh, if I could only have done it this way, but now I just thought where I am today, I can make it better for me. And it, you know, it took, it's been, you know, Eddie passed away in 2005, it's 2020 and I'm still mm. learning about myself, you know, and yeah, even yeah. my daughters are like, wow, I'm like, you just, you have this voice now. And I'm like, really? You know, like you, you don't realize, but. Uh, you always had a voice, but it's so much more <laughs> like you now. Like it's, it's coming from a different place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I yell a lot too. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it's so empowering that you you're so transparent in, in what you went through. And I think I just give you a lot of courage um, to be able to to say the things that you went through because those aren't easy things, you know. And but you're making a way for yourself again, Celeste. You you're you have this life now that's just so bitching. I mean, I look at you and I'm like, you know, you had the divorce and um, you know, you went through your, your addiction and, uh, just to re, re reinvent your company. You're like the woman's champion of slam force Africa. Now, <laughs> you know, what's crazy is like, like Africa, I, like, Oh my God. Like, dude, is, you know, you know, how, like you <laughs> probably of all people know, like how full circle stuff is yeah. right. Like shit is so full circle. And I remember like one of the biggest, like at the end of my wrestling career, granted, it was only like four years, but it was like a jam-packed four years. Um, I always, people would always be like, oh, what's your, what was your favorite place to visit? And like you and I know that you can go to a hundred countries, but never ever see them because you're on a bus or a plane or in an arena and you never see shit. But yeah. there's every once in a while, the stars align and you have an extra day to explore, to like see the culture of a different country and people and so yeah. I remember we did like a three-day tour in South Africa. It was like Cape Town, Joburg, and like Pretoria. And I remember having like a full extra day in Cape Town and I did everything possible in like 12 hours. And I remember it being the best, one of the best days ever. And so any, like anybody who would like, cause it's an interesting thing. Like whenever, when anytime anybody finds out, like I wrestled for WWE, there's always all this on onset of questions yeah. about and it's like I get it because it's like a crazy thing to be a part of and so like I used to be like ugh, but now I'm like I I want to share like the things that I learned and like how it 
you know, changed me and made me who I am. And so like one of the things I would always say, and it didn't really have any particular meaning, but it was like, I fucking love um, South Africa. Like I, I've ha- I had one of the wow. best days of my life there. And so, you know, when I left, I didn't um, wrestle for ever. I thought I was done. I was just like, I had so much pain that I couldn't acknowledge and I, I, I wasn't able to even access it and wasn't able to acknowledge it and work through it at that time. So it was just like, fuck wrestling. Like I, it's a, my past. I loved it for what it was, but that's not me anymore. And so it's funny. Like when I started, when I was in like the year, my divorce was relatively fast, it, although super painful and like really dramatic, um, in so many ways, but like it was essentially like eight or nine months and then it was finalized. And but wow. a lot of this stuff carried on afterwards, which is like not really shit that it doesn't need to be talked about, but it's like nothing just stops. Like there's always right, these right. like emotional things that are tied to stuff and like, you know, whatever people, yeah. people operate through pain a lot of the time. So it's like, doesn't make any sense, but it happens. So, um, I didn't wrestle forever. And then like, I just started, and it was in the time when I was drinking a lot. Like I was drinking every day a lot. And I, and I was just managing to like be a functioning person, but like I, I was barely doing that. And I was hiding a lot of things from a lot of people. And you know, my, my mom was going through some really bad stuff and I wasn't literally wasn't capable of being there for her. And I, and I couldn't even be there for myself. Cause like I was just numbing everything all day, every day. And I, when I started to like essentially pull myself out of it and get help and like, you know, acknowledge that there was a major problem, like a void that I was trying to numb or fill or whatever. I started like, I, cause I just like stopped working out and that had always been part of my identity. Like I was always in the gym. Like I, you know, I love health and fitness and whatever. And I had a like brand that was really, you know, into health and fitness. And so I started just, I was like, when I, left my ex-husband there was a lot of things that I felt really restricted in like I couldn't do a lot of the things that I was like because my life before him and now I was always like uh I'm gonna do this I'd be like I'm gonna do this and I would just do it like there was no hesitation I would just execute and I like kind of lost a lot of that because um just of the the nature of our relationship but anyways I just um like I stopped working out and I felt like shit about myself. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like I'm going to start a YouTube and I'm going to like kind of just track this journey. And so I thought like, it would be so dope for my first YouTube video to be me back in the ring after four years. So like I scheduled, um, what's, this is crazy. And I've never told anybody this before, but the, I've never even said it out loud, but when I, so like I had my videographer that I always worked with for my company and we were like, planning to go shoot the videos together. So I called a local guy in South Florida and I asked if I, he had a, a, a school, uh, just a, a little small school. And I, I asked if I could just use his ring for a little bit. Cause I wanted to film something for YouTube. And, um, he was like, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah, go ahead. Like I'll bring students in. We can do some stuff, whatever. But so I was so like, I was so overwhelmed with all of the things that, wrestling was tied to like all the painful shit that like I was, I still hadn't worked through that dictated a lot of my life still. 
So I ended up drinking like a ton the night before and like oh. in through the night. And so that next day I was like super sick. I could, sm I felt like I smelled like alcohol and it was still in the middle of like, before I was able to like get help and pull myself out of like that addiction. Yeah. And I remember being, I remember it was literally the first time I've been in the ring in like in four years. And I was super out of shape, like nauseous, just felt like shit. And I had this like overwhelming, overwhelming amount of emotions because it was like in the ring again for the first time. Um, so it brought back all the stuff. And then I just, all the things that were on, you know, on top of all the things that were already going on with me. And anyways, so we ended up filming that whole first thing. And then we, my video guy, who's amazingly talented, turned it into this super dope video. And I just got super inspired. I was like, <clears throat> this brought out something in me that I haven't seen in so long. So I just started training again, like in the ring. And I was like, if it's for nothing other than just myself to feel good again or inspired or passionate, like, fuck it. Like I'll just do it. And then it ended up, you know, leading to like, I did like a comeback match or whatever, just an indie thing. And then, cause, cause like when I left WWE, I never did any indie stuff except for some signings, but I never wrestled again. So then that literally led to WWE calling me about the May Young. And I ended up like, that's when I went vegan. Cause I was, I was just looking for, I needed to make a change. And I started training super hard again and got super motivated, went vegan, all this stuff. And then I did the May Young. And I remember after, so I got eliminated the second round of the May and Young. And you look great. I, I was Thank you. for you. Yes. <laughs> dude, you know how, dude, it was so, <clears throat> excuse me. It was so cool. Because I, okay, you of all people know how Michael Cole treated us, right? During NXT. Yeah. So if you guys listening to this don't know, like just Google Michael Cole NXT season three. And it is so brutal. Um, he, was like, he was like a monster heel, but like he went, he went like beyond being a heel. He was just like, he really, really ridiculed us. And yeah, and it was bad. But, and, and, and I never like hated him for that. Like he was doing his job. But I, when I went back for the May Young, it was like a week of press and interviews and all this stuff. And I literally had the opportunity to sit in a room with Michael Cole, Beth, Renee, and talk about all this stuff. And like, I literally sat face to face with Michael and like, we had the best talk about like what both of our experiences were during that, how much like life has just shifted and changed and all this stuff. And it was like this insane full circle moment. And I literally felt for the first time ever, like I'm going back to WWE TV, like as myself, as this version of myself that I've always wanted to be, but was always too scared or timid or, or didn't know who I was like, you know, in, in my first run. Yeah. And I remember like, I, I think I don't remember. <clears throat> There's like three, four rounds. I did my first, I won my first match and it was like a super easy, like six, seven minute match. And then my second one was with Mia Yim and <clears throat> I really respect her. She's, she's always worn, she's always worn celestial bodies. Like she really like loves my clothing line. And so we've kind of been friends on Instagram, just like super support, supportive back and forth. And my match was with her and I had never met her in person, never wrestled her. And we sat down, we put this match together and like, we had the dopest match. I lost. And I was yeah. literally, I was so happy to lose and like, or to just like have that match and put her over. Cause I felt like she deserved it so much. She's so good and so passionate and like, and we just had, we just clicked and had the best match. And, um, I remember like when I lost, I, like I tapped out in the match and it was the, the crowd was like, so, so like just 
the energy was insane. And I remember rolling out of the ring and I was literally crying. And I was like thinking to myself that I was like, if this is like the last time I ever do anything with WWE again, like I'm good. Like I, it was, I felt so like I left it out there. Yeah. Yeah, Like I literally went on this journey and like found myself in and be, you know, started to become the person that I felt like I was supposed to be come, came back, did this like short run, like two matches left it all out there. And was like, I literally said to her, I was like, if this is the last match that I ever have with WWE, I would be fine. I would be happy. Like that would be it. And because of that, um, I had just kind of opened up the world of wrestling slightly a little bit again. Like I started to allow it more in my life or welcome it. Cause like, I, there's, you know, there's nothing like wrestling. There's nothing like it. It's, it's literally art. It is art and motion. And it's like the, the older I get, the more I understand about the psychology of it and like emotion that like you have to evoke from in people. And like, that's what it's about. It's about emotion. And I never understood that before. And it, and it honestly, it gives me this like more in-depth respect for like what you do and how you did it and, and how you still do it. It's like, it's literally you're evoking emotion in people and, um, so like, I just started letting it be a part of my life again and I really was loving it. And then that's when the whole slam force thing happened. And they, um, the guy that started it, he's, uh, he k- kind of partnered in a way with, um, PJ Black, Justin Gabriel, he, you know, his, yeah. his WWE name. And, um, yeah, so it was just this, like, he treated me so great. He treated everybody great. And like, just with respect and like, you know, uh, made us feel like our, opinions mattered our creative input mattered like all that stuff mattered and so yeah I was like this is so dope yeah so I like signed a a year contract with him and we've only had one match so far because of COVID and everything yeah but you know how great that is because I mean you that was your first match and you got the championship like yeah (laughs) like who does that like you know when I read the headlines I'm like who does that (laughs) you're just there for the first time and you know they give you the title what that's an honor and a compliment to you i think that was their way of just saying hey you know we want you back and this is your time to you know make your career how you want it and that's the great thing about um you know being outside of wwe is when i left you know i heard a lot of people say there's nothing left for you to do and that's so scary because i remember when i had my when i did my retirement match in 2014 i came home and I couldn't even sleep because you're not used to sleeping in your bed. You know, I thought, yeah, you know, and then I, I looked at my suitcase and then you're on automatic mode where you just like, you know, you want to, you're ready to pack, get ready for two days at home and then you're off again. And I had, I actually had to take like two months and I was already working at a medical um, company and I would walk in the office and you couldn't yell. You couldn't, it wasn't in the locker room where you could like throw your suitcase and go, what up bitches? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. just like have fun. You were like, I'm a professional now. I have to be quiet. And it, it was really a, a mind game because I had to be quiet for eight hours in the office and then go home by myself. And the girls were already moved out. And I was like, what did I do? You know, like what, yeah what the hell was I thinking to go from this great job that was in lights and, you know, every night, you know, was fun. But then slowly and surely when I started living my life and going through the medical and uh, company and getting my college degree, and then 
oh my God, I could write a book and no one's going to say anything about it because it's my book. No one's going to have, <laughs> no one's going to have their finger going, oh no, no, you can't say that. You know, I mean, it was just all these cool things. And then going and doing indies and comic cons and it's just, it was like this freedom because you're like, now I can make my career. And I always, I'm always thankful for WWE because they set the platform for me to have my name and, you know, but it, life is just really fun right now because it's on my terms when I want to work, how I want to work and, and what I want to do. And that's just something that I never knew for 20 years with Eddie because they, they set a precedent of what your life is going to be in the schedule. Yeah, and it's yeah. a very yeah. big life-changing thing. You know, so to see you, you know, be this women's champion and, you know, to have your company, which I want to talk about too. And Simon, your dog, who just is like this popular, you know, cute little dog. And, you know, I see your podcast. Now, your podcast is, um, it's really hilarious, Unglamorous. Yeah, the Unglamorous Life. It's like, it's actually like a little bit on hold right now because my, um, my co-host who's one of my best friends, super, you would love her, super smart. Like she's, um, she's essentially like a scientist, but like, she's, uh, she's so out of left field all the time. Just like so genuinely herself and like, doesn't give a shit about anything. Like she's so great. And so we just connected. It's crazy. Cause like I ended up meeting her. Um, she was like an athlete for like my ex-husband's company. And then her and I got close and she was actually literally the one person, um, through my divorce that was like, because everyone was super controlled by the narrative that my ex-husband was putting out. And like, they chose not to think for themselves and, and made judgments about me. And I just wasn't in a place where I wanted to like broadcast anything. So I was like, yeah. anybody who thinks something about me negatively, like, and if they don't want to give me the benefit of the doubt or talk to me, then like, they don't need to be in my life. And she was like the one person out of so many people that like, was like, Hey, you are not being you, like you're not yourself, you're not this. And like, she really was like such a big, uh, motivation in my life to really like, just let go of all the things that I thought I was supposed to be. And like what, and that were holding me back. And so we ended up doing a podcast. We started a podcast called the unglamorous life. And, um, she's I, so I love great. It. It's good. <laughs> we just, it's on hold. We haven't done one in quite, a, quite some time. Yeah. Cause like, cause we were both in Florida and, and I moved back to Texas. Um, and we just don't do as well when it's like, not in person, but we need to like get our shit together and do it like that still. Cause like, it is a lot of fun. Cause it, 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 it really talks about all the unglamorous aspects of life in general, like, you know, with, with our profession, with wrestling and then like with her, she, she's a, um, professional, uh, competitor. And then she like does coaching and stuff. So it's like, she really sees all the nitty gritty stuff behind the scenes that, you know, like how we would deal with. And just like there's in any profession in any field. Um, and so we, we, we always did our best to kind of like talk about the stuff that no one likes to talk about. And, um, it was really, really fun and like liberating to do. And we definitely need to like pick it back up again. But, um, yeah, like, uh, there's so many things like my dog, Simon, he, I ended up adopting him. Um, like when I was married, we had a bunch of pets and like everything was so toxic and so horrible that I like even though like I loved them, my pets so much at that time, it was, everything was such a fight. So I just released myself from everything and separated myself. And then that's when, when I finally got my own place, like Simon, I was ready for, I need, I was so depressed. I was in such a bad place that I needed something to give me, you know, motivation wow. to like, yeah. And, and purpose. And um, he was like that missing piece. And he, I adopted him when he was six. He's about to be, he's nine right now. It's going to be 10 in December. And 
he's just, he, I feel like we're so kindred because like he, when I went to adopt him, he was like a show dog. Uh, he's a Boston Terrier and he was like a little show dog and they had retired him. And when I, I forgot how I, I met the lady who was wanting to rehome him through a mutual friend, like a, a dog trainer. And so I drove up to Tampa, which was four hours from where I was living to adopt him. And there was like eight or nine dogs in the house and he was, wouldn't stop barking at everyone. It was just like a little, like, he didn't seem like an adoptable loving dog. Yeah. And the lady was like, yeah, we call him asshole. And I was, <laughs> I, and I was like, what? And he's a precious dog. Anyway. So like I took, I was like, it was like, no, we, it was just, she just was like, I can't take care of him anymore. And I was like, okay, well like, you know, I'm going to take him. And he ended up being like the most perfect creature that I've ever encountered. And I feel like he was just so misunderstood. And so like, and he just wasn't in the right place at the right time. And I felt like that we connected so much (laughs) in that aspect. And so I kind of felt like he was just like a part of me and, um, and we're super attached now. And, uh, like, and with my current boyfriend now, Grant, he, he has a dog too. And his dog's like kind of senior as well. And like, we all just kind of fit together in this cool little family. And it's just awesome. Like, um, I don't know, just like every, like I said, like every day perspective shifts a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, um, I don't know. It's like, it's like every time that I think I've evolved so much, I evolve again. And I have so many more realizations about shit that really matters and like what life's about and, you know, being super present in the moment and, and not letting so much of the past and and worry and anxiety of the future dictate your present moment. And it's just like, it's so cool. It's just, it's so cool to see, to look back at something like WWE and, and, look at all the people that I had really close relationships with and see what their life is like now and see how they use so many of those like really valuable lessons to be who they are now. And, you know, and, and it's just so cool. Like I have so much like love and respect for wrestling and like all the people that I met and still sometimes, you know, still keep in contact with. And like, it's just like such a cool experience, you know? Uh, let me tell you something about two days ago, I was, I was watching your YouTube channel and you and Grant did an intro video and I was having a real shitty day and I was just like sitting there and, and you guys were so lovable. I mean, like, you know, like y'all would say like a joke and then y'all would kiss and, and I hadn't actually talked to my husband that much because he works in the office downstairs and I, I started to miss him because <laughs> all the love that you guys had and Grant looks like a wonderful guy. I mean, he... Well, he looks at you, Celeste, and it's like his, he's like gaga over you. I mean, you see the love that he has for you. And so I was like, oh, my God, like, I just want to go kiss my husband because y'all just, y'all say something stupid and kiss and then, like, laugh about it. And <laughs> It's, like, so repulsive, but it's so no, amazing. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just about, you see a lot of podcasts and shows that people are just trying to be someone else. You're, you're yeah, fucking yeah. real and you're just like, you're, you're being silly because that's who you are and, and, you, and you have the best attitude and we all have problems. We all have things that we're going through, but you know, for you to just take the podcast and in a, in a, be spontaneous and just see what comes out of it. You're like, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, that's brilliant because we need more <laughs> of that. We need just to be like, you know, I, I may have notes, but the interview may go a totally different direction. I'm like, 
that's okay. I'm not going to kill myself over it because I'm not going to have everything yeah. perfect. It's about being in the moment. It's about enjoying the guests and like, just like seeing how beautiful you've grown up. <laughs> it, and it, it, it is, um, I will say that like, uh, Grant has been, um, like a, there's, you know, there's always such important people in your life. Like there's all, you know, everyone is meaningful that's in your life, whether it's good, bad, a lesson or yeah. whatever. But I feel like, um, when he came into my life, it was this person that I needed to show me so many things that I was like not acknowledging and not understanding or cherishing. And like, he, um, has really been such it, just the things that I've learned from him have been so life-changing. So like, I've been able to let go of, even, even though I've made so many, such an evolution from, you know, what I, who I was and we all have, you know, like we all yeah. evolve. Um, and I, and I feel like I've made so much progress and I'm, and I have so much more depth to me, but, um, he has been so patient with me with the stuff that's like the, the super painful stuff that, um, is really repetitive in our relationship and it's stuff that I wasn't able to get past. And it's because I, I was protecting some kind of, I was protecting an identity that I thought was me. Like I was so attached to, um, this. So, so when I, when I went from wrestling to my business and then let, and then my divorce and then reestablished my business, rebranded, made it something that I truly embodied what I believed in. Um, I, I kind of attached that new entity of my business into, again, with my identity. And it's a mistake that it's, I mean, for lack of better words, it's a mistake that I keep making. Like I keep attaching my identity to things yeah. and allowing things to define me. And, um, and I would just get certain, like, I know that I'm good at things within my business and I, and I thrive with those things. And then, but I allow them to take me over in other aspects of my life. And um, and I allow, and I allow it to be my identity. And like, so there's things that I can't let go of. I can't, I couldn't admit being wrong about, or I couldn't admit, you know, that were my mistake in the past and continue to be my mistake until like, we've, we've literally just recently went through this like really, uh, huge growth period of, of essentially me having like, almost like waking up, having all these realizations about like what is truly important and like what, what every day means. It's literally like, we uh, and I continue up until recently to get into the cycle of like worrying about what happened back here and then what's going to happen here and not focusing on this. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's so cool to really be able to just feel the like emotion and like the things that you're saying right now, like during this podcast and like be able to disconnect so much to it um, in the present moment, even though we have such a cool past and history and like, you know, I'm tied to those yeah. feelings too, but it's just really cool to be able to just like let go of things and really, really, truly enjoy the moment. And I feel like that's so much of what everything's about always like the, you know, nothing will ever trump that the moment that we're in. Yeah. You know, and you, you see your, your humor come on so many of your projects uh, on celestial, uh, on celestial bodies collective. Um, your, your line is so, so amazing. It's beautiful. And I love that you have room for an ass because I have an ass and, <laughs> and and so I was telling you, I've been trying to order, uh, it's the hybrid street leggings, which I, they're so cute and all the cool designs are sold out, which is good for you. 
but get them back in stock. Dude, because so I've been, I, so I've been doing, um, so I shifted my business model, uh, at the end of last year to doing limited edition collections. And I'm so kind of like learning the ins and outs of that business model. So like I have this collection coming up and it's launching in July and things are a little bit delayed because of COVID obviously. Yeah. So I don't have an exact date, but so I've been, I release like a new collection every six to eight weeks. And this yeah. new one is called Savage. So I feel like no. I'm so <laughs> excited about it. It's like, so it's, I don't know. Everything about it is like so ridiculous, but it's so fun. And, um, and, and it's just like, everything's always had, you know, like one of our taglines is stay wild or, you know, and clothing for the inspired. And so everything is just like super, it's so much about like self-expression and, um, just feeling like your own magic and like not worrying about what other people are doing or wearing or feeling. And it's like all about just like your vibe and like what you put out and feeling good about yourself. And so like, um, I've, I've only released like four collections since the, the rebrand. And I feel like this, this collection coming up is really the culmination of everything that I've been working for all year. And it's so crazy. Like, uh, yesterday, so I have this big shoot planned in Florida to just do this big, most of my team lives in Florida. Cause like I was in Florida and we have this big shoot in West Palm this weekend. And I, and I found out from my, the factory that I use my manufacturer that my clothes, uh, the deliver, I had them delivered to Florida this week. Cause I wasn't sure when I was going to make it and they got, they're lost. So all my shooting symbols are lost. So I'm going to, I, there's a potential that I'll have to cancel my entire shoot flights, like all this stuff. But it's like, it was literally an opportunity for me to be like, okay, grand scheme, eh, like I'll figure it out. I always figure it out. Like this yeah. is one of those things where you have to just accept as it's happening. And they're then somewhere. You just, yeah, they're definitely somewhere. <laughs> so you just have to like shift your perspective about stuff. So it's literally like everyday stuff happens and I'm like, oh, duh, like let me apply the stuff that you know, is I know is super important to like feeling, oops, sorry, I had a phone call, um, to feeling like, um, <laughs> uh, to, to feeling like, to, to living every moment for like what it is and, and not letting stuff like that could potentially be like really bad, um, you know, dictate your life and how you feel and your mood and, you know, whatever your vibration and everything yeah. like that. So, you know what, you know, what I love about your, your website or your business is that you're including all kinds of females. You don't have to be a bodybuilder or, you know, into fitness, you can be a dancer, a housewife, a mom running around with the kids. You're, I encourage all my followers and listeners to go to this website, the, just what you write and, and how you describe all the different styles of clothes. You have shirts and leggings and uh, hoodies. Um, I love the t-shirts. I love the, which some are sold out too that I like. So we should make an exclusive, excuse me, shirt. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. <fun. laughs> no, uh, what's so great is that you're just, your whole website it's just funny. I mean, you walk, you run through it and it's just, it's, it's cute things. Like, you know, I think there's one about being a dancer and if you're going to fall, at least you're going to look good falling or, or something. <laughs> I thought that's brilliant because there's so much stress and shit in the world that we need some laughter. We need some funny things to read and to enjoy something that we're shopping, you know, at, and just, I, I had a great time going through your, your whole business, um, you know, website and also, also your celesbonin.com is, so great. I mean, your empowerment of women and you have a hashtag up 
correct? It's called yeah. hashtag up. Yeah. It's uh, suit up, get up, rise up. What a message for women these days. I mean, do you do motivational speaking? No, I, you know, it's like something that I have wanted to do for so long. Like I went on this kick of like, wanted to do it immediately after my divorce. Cause I was like, I want to, I want to talk about my story. I want to talk about like uh, you know, emotional abuse and you know, what happens to you in the, in uh, you know, a really like uh, controlling relationship and, and how you can lose yourself and, and stuff. And I was so determined to talk about that. And then I went through this phase of like, feeling like I'm, I'm making that my identity, even though it's a super important topic. And it's like something that like, I want to talk about, but I feel like I wasn't quite there with the message. And so I feel like now I'm at a point where I have just like a, and I know it'll continue to grow, but I have a very, I think, good perspective on a lot of things just based on the, a lot of life I've lived in a short time. Um, and so like, I definitely like, that is something that, that I absolutely want to do because I, I feel like, um, a lot of the things I've been through, although in a very extreme manner are so relatable to so many people. And so, yeah, like that's one of like, one of the, my goals, like I, and I think this is just, I don't know what it is, but there's just like something holding me back and I don't know what it is, but like, it is, it is something that I want to do. Yeah. I I think it's important that we all have, I I, I tell my girls, you know, that life is a, a pie and there's good pieces and there's bad pieces and you take the bad pieces and put it in one side and the good and all those are lessons, you know? So when there's things that you want to grab or you want to throw away, you know, you, you make your own slice of pie, you know, whatever it is you want to do. And yeah. I think that's so important that there's so many women that have stories that they don't know how to reach out for help or they don't know how to, you know, listen to other people's stories to say, Hey, there is a way to get out of this or there, there is a way to, you know, survive this, you know, shithole that you could be in. And I think it's, it's our job to be able to have the courage to say, this is what I went through and I don't have all the right answers, but I, I made it. And this is how I made yeah. it. And I think that's really cool. You know, at next WrestleCon in Los Angeles, me and Medusa are doing a woman's empowerment for the women. Uh, oh my God. That's amazing. And I would love to have you on my panel. Oh my God. I would absolutely, I would, I'm there 100%. Yeah. So that's amazing. We're, we're getting it all organized. And um, I would, I just, I would love to have you share your story and your business. Yes. And it, it's about getting these women fans to know that, you know, we're just human beings and we're just, we're just trying to make it like y'all are. We're, we just have different titles in life. And I think that's so important to make us all feel equal in that same room, but still show empowerment to each other that they can do it too. Oh my God. There's got chills. That's yeah. amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. I would, I would do anything to be a part of that. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, um, hell yeah. Yeah. So is there anything coming up that you want to promote yourself? I know that with um, Slam Force Africa, do y'all have a date of when y'all are going to start up? or is still- No, unfortunately, um, I don't know just because of the stuff keeps kind of teetering with uh, COVID-19. So I'm not for sure. Like I know I have a, I'm contractually ob- obligated for three more shows with them, but I'll most likely like, you know, continue doing stuff. I just, yeah. I love the, I love the brand. I, I just did. So right now I, the only thing I know about slam force is their website's just slam force Africa. And uh, they, and they have the same social media. And they, uh, I recently just did a kind of like a demo program of like, um, what is it, a seminar online on Zoom. And I think that we're trying to do that to make that more of like a 
something that's available to everyone. So we're working on that. Um, just, you know, it's a brand new promotion and everything kind of happened with COVID like right as they were launching. Okay. So, um, so I'll, and I honestly just haven't been that active about, you know, talking about, um, Sandforce on my social, but I will, um, as soon as I kind of find out what we have, uh, up and coming, but besides you're kind Sanforce, of a big deal, you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> just Dude, a little. I'm, like, I'm just dying to like go back to South Africa. It's like, it's like, it's, it's just, I want to get back into it. But you know, again, like I haven't been in the ring in uh, like five, six months, but it like comes back to you, but it's still like, it never feels good to take a bump for the first time. So yeah. I've just kind of been avoiding that. So I gotta, I gotta get to that. But, um, <laughs> but coming up soon is I have a the Savage Collection, which we talked about for a little bit, is releasing right now. The tentative date is July seventeenth, but it 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 could be a week or so after that, just based on the delays due to COVID, which yeah. you know we're all navigating. Um, so it's it's the Savage Collection on cbcollective.com, and um, that's kind of where all the action is for now. And then you know whatever <laughs> comes around for Slam Forest and anything else, like I'll I'll put out on on my Instagram, which is just Celeste Bonin. So I like to end our interview with a, a funny question that so my followers can get to know my guests a little bit more. Um, first, I just want to say I love you so much. And I'm so freaking proud of you. I mean, I'm just, I've seen you grow so much and your story and your courage and your strength and bravery is something that I feed off of. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for you and our friendship. Ugh, I love you too. Thank you so much. Like, I, I, I have such a great, deep appreciation for you. And we have to and get love. together for lunch because we're- We do. Yeah. I mean, we say we Houston, do. but everything's like two or three hours away from each other. Which yeah, it's a little far, but it's like within driving proximity. So we yeah. absolutely need to do that. At least we can drive. It's not flying over anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's my funny question. What are the two of your biggest pet peeves? Oh God. Okay. Let's see. So, so let me preface this by saying that I try to be so like understanding and have like a wide perspective on things. So it's like things that bother me. Let's see what things that really bother me. Um, so let's see. I, you know what? They're all qualities that I used to have. <laughs> like, Isn't that funny um, how things we used to do like piss us off now? <laughs> Yeah. And it's so crazy, but it's like, it really gives such perspective. Um, I think that one of my biggest pet peeves is, uh, is that like, just, I mean, I could say a lot of stuff about social media or Instagram is that, um, is that it's, I hate when people value so, so much over, like they value things that are important to social media, like how you portray yourself and they don't value, like they don't appreciate, it's like, like they've lost touch with reality or real life or the present moment. So, um, I just, and it's not even a pet peeve. It's something that I just hate to see that where people that are in a position of influence push a message that's not necessarily conducive to, uh, you know, tr a happy lifestyle or I don't know, like it's kind of, it's complex, but a lot of it, so much, so many things are so tied in social media. And it's because like, I look at what I used to portray in social media, cause we're given a platform when we're on right. TV. Right. So we have this power to use it for good and empowerment and love and, and spread, you know, positivity. And I, I know that like when I left, like I kind of had 
didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what message was. I didn't know what, you know, who I was essentially. And I, I didn't know my identity anymore. And I used my social media to essentially like make myself feel good to, to feel good about myself for that. Um, that for people to acknowledge me or validate me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, and it's not even, again, it's like not a pet peeve. It's something that I feel like is something that's not necessarily talked about like it should be. And, and that I, I just wish that people that have influence, and even if you don't, just if everybody has influence, let me say that everybody has some kind of influence. And so I hate when people have extreme influence specifically based on, you know, a high follower account or, you know, high engagement and they, and they choose to use it for anything other than something that spreads love, positivity, uh, the concept of gratitude and, 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 you know, the desire for more understanding of humanity and how to make a difference and all that stuff. And it's, I, I, I literally, and I'm sure you felt like this too. Like I sometimes like, I hate Instagram. I hate social media. It's like, it's, it's a place that where sometimes dreams go to die because you, when you get caught up in like listening to, and I meant to ask you this earlier when you're talking and I know we're at the end of the interview, but, um, well, it's my show. Like, as long as we want. <laughs> we're like, because <three> <laughs> well, I know that like you on TV, you're a heel, like you're, you're this monster heel and, and you are so good at it. You're so good at it, but it's like, it's Say still, it. call me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, won't, you won't catch me. You won't do it. Um, but it's, it, it's like people, um, it's like you, so people have people that are very invested in storylines or WWE, um, they get emotionally tied to it. So they're like, it's this, they hate you. They don't like you. You're a bad guy. You're a heel. And so like that translates into real life on social media when like you, you probably got so much hate for so long, just people that are playing into the storyline, but then that crosses a line to where like, you're a human, you have feelings, you're a real person. So it's like, I hate that people can't, see that separate. yeah they can't separate the character from the real person yes yeah. you know it that's something that's really important i um i know we keep saying bye to each other but um <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna spit take. um you know it's my happiness is what i want to put on my page and and when i have to wait for people to like and to comment good positive things that's not going to dictate my happiness if you want to unfollow me bye you know, please, there's a button. It says unfollow. Click it because I'm okay with that. You know, if my, my life is good and it's, and it's, uh, and it's safe and it's peaceful, it, do I have shitty days? Yeah, everyone has shitty days. But these fans, I appreciate them because they are an important part of our, our industry. But I'm not going to let them put me down or to dictate what I should be feeling or what I should say to make them feel better, I'm going to stay true to who I am. And if you don't like it, then please, I didn't ask you to come to my page. You follow me. So, you know, there's that, you know, you have to still be true human to yourself because social media is just a, it's almost like a fantasy, you know, platform Mm -hmm. where, you know, fans say what they want and, it's kind of a cruel place. You know, there's just a lot of hate and a lot of negativity, but I think if we really stay true to what we want to say and believe in what we say and, and who, and what we, who, and what we believe, I think that's really important. And, and if you lose followers, you know, or you lose, you know, the, 
repost or whatever it is, then okay, then go take your repost and you know, do whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just, you have to have a thick skin to know who you are and what you believe in and not, and not cave into what the world wants you to, to say and do for their sake. So, Hell yeah. That's so good. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. It's, uh, it's amazing just to like sit and talk to you. I'm, I'm so grateful for, uh, this and I love, I love this podcast. I know we both talk a lot, but, um, I, 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 I can't wait to just like see you in person again and like catch up and all that. And then maybe we'll we do will. Another, another podcast. Maybe I'll start mine back up. <laughs> yeah. And I will, I will get back to you on that, uh, women's empowerment that we're scheduling for next, uh, awesome. WrestleCon. Tell your mom, I said, hi. And I will. <laughs> and just tell, I send her lots of love. Thank you, Celeste. Um, God bless you. I am so proud of you. I love seeing your smile today and I wish you so much love and we have to have lunch one day, okay? Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love you and I miss you. Okay, keep, keep at it, girl. I'm, I'm watching you and I'm proud of you. <laughs> thank you so okay. much and you too. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> okay, excuse me, followers. We are not done yet. Next is the exclusive tales from the interview queen herself, Miss Alicia Atut. Take it away, Alicia. Hi, everyone. It's Alicia Toot, and I'm beyond excited to welcome you all back to Tales from the Interview Queen. It's been so much fun speaking with wrestlers during quarantine, as it's truly showing me what everyone's been up to while being stuck at home. Sometimes I would wonder if people are binge-watching shows, learning new tricks, acquiring new hobbies and talents. In my recent interview with WWE's Killian Dane, he started telling me about all of the cooking he's been doing with his wife, Nikki Cross, and how much they've been enjoying it. He mentioned how they would cook maybe once or twice a week before the pandemic hit simply from being on the road so often and now that they're able to hunker down and cook some delicious meals everything he was talking about sounded so good especially a certain curry so if you guys want to learn more about what everyone has been doing at home feel free to check out some more of my interviews at aliciatoot.com for thousands of great tales interviews and vlogs and thank you so so much for listening to tales from the interview queen until next time Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast platform. Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me Vicky or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excusemevicky at outlook.com with questions or comments. Until next time, excuse me!